This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, since Vladimir Putin's humiliation, really, on the battlefield a fortnight ago when Ukraine recovered a lot of territory and there was a, a rout, really, of Russian troops, many of whom ran away, literally, and left weapons behind them. There has been an attempt by Putin to escalate this conflict, which is known now universally as Putin's war. And the most serious escalation really concerns referenda, five-day referendum over this weekend. It will end tomorrow. It's being held in areas of Ukraine that are really the Russians have hold, uh, Donetsk, Luhansk. Uh, Kherson and Zaporizhia, the regions of Ukraine, uh, and as a result of these referenda, on Thursday it's likely that they will be declared to be Russian territory and by the will of the people. Of course, it's a sham, but the seriousness can be discerned from statements by Putin last week to the nation and by other Russian politicians, uh, Lavrov most seriously, who is Putin's foreign minister. Once these four regions are declared Russia on Thursday, any attack on them will elicit a response from Moscow and the threat of the use of nuclear weapons is included as a possible response. There has also, of course, been this idea that they will recruit three 100,000 more troops to fight against the Ukraine, many of them conscripts who will be extremely reluctant to fight in a war that really isn't terribly popular, it seems. To discuss all of these issues, we're joined now from Kiev by Johnny O'Reilly, an Irish filmmaker and journalist who has covered the war and lived in Moscow for many years before he moved to Kiev, where he is now. Uh, Johnny, thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, I want to ask you about, first of all, about these fake referendums. Nobody takes them seriously. The result is a foregone conclusion. Russian troops are overseeing the voting stations, and they will be able to declare these territories Russian. 
And they have always said if NATO or Ukraine attacks Russian territory, then all bets are off and they can use uh, nuclear weapons. How seriously is that taken? Well, it's all uh, taken seriously because of the uh, military resources at hand for uh, to hand for uh, for Putin. Uh, but um, you know, uh, you need to step back and look at all of this in the sober light of day and realize that it's not a referendum; it is a propaganda show. Yes, and it's consistent with Putin's hybrid war effort. Uh, the idea to create an illusion that is threatening. The reality is there is not a referendum. The people have not voted to be part of Russia. But in supporting and creating this illusion, he hopes to at least shore up some of the dwindling support uh, internally from him, uh, that, that's flowing from his uh, war effort, and to increase the threat level, both uh, at home and, and abroad. So w w what might it achieve on uh, the battlefield? Not much, according to military uh, officials, in terms of at least the... Um, uh, the threat of, uh, you know, increased warfare, let's say. And, and the also, point yeah. about the three, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Johnny, no a point I should have made, the Kremlin announced a call-up of 300,000 reservists to boost its military. Now, this is the first time I understand that reservists have been called up since the Second World War. So it, it sort of elevates this what was a special military operation, almost to the status of war, tacitly in any event, and thousands of young Russians who would be eligible have left the country, and people have come out on the streets as well, because this uh, is an escalation that does evoke, or does it evoke, the Second World War and all of Russia's suffering in that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the dual strategy that Putin embarked on this week or last week was the announcement of the uh, referenda and also the call up uh, or the mobilization of 300,000 people. Now, the, the, the referendum is purely in the, um, you know, illusion box, let's say. We yes. know that that's not going to be real, but there will be and there is uh, a, a large mobilization effort taking place in Russia at the moment. Interestingly, in the directive that was published, uh, that was signed by Putin, uh, one clause was redacted, and that was the clause which specifically uh, listed the amount of people they uh, will mobilize. Novaya Gazeta did uncover some evidence to point that it's a lot more than 300,000. And over the last week, there's a lot of evidence to support that. Mass mobilization efforts going across the country very quickly, uh, huge amounts of uh, young people being taken away from schools, from universities, um, causing a lot of strife and family, you know, concern across the whole country. So it's a very radical move by Putin. It's something he did not want to do. Uh, but if you look at the um, what, what's happened in the last two weeks, first of all, you had, as you rightly mentioned, a rout of his forces in the Kharkiv region. 
And then he had a very important summit in Uzbekistan where he was publicly chided by Modi of India, who claimed that now is not the right time for war. And he was forced into... Uh, you know, he was forced into mentioning that the Chinese recognize that this is a problem or a concern for the Chinese, this war. So uh, he came back from that chastened uh, by these two events and very quickly put together this very radical um, escalation of what's happening uh, in the war. And immediately all flights out of Moscow to safety were booked and a ticket that cost 100 quid was now going for two and a half grand. In, in other words, his people, or many of them, were fleeing the draft. That's right. And, you know, I've spoken to friends of mine who were extremely concerned about it. There's chaos in Russia at the moment. People don't know what to do. Um, many people have already left, the ones at least, you know, who, who I'm in contact with. Uh, but there's certainly been a surge of uh, activity in terms of people trying to leave across the whole country. That You know, in places like Mongolia, Kazakhstan, uh, there are long queues of cars, young people, particularly young men, trying to leave the country. Um, and the new news that came out today is that uh, men of uh, fighting age are going to be banned from leaving the country in the coming days. Right. Is it true, uh, Johnny, or because it is certainly often stated in the West, that it was Russian mothers who eventually led by their protests to the destruction of the Soviet Union, the old Soviet Union, when they protested at the loss of their sons in Afghanistan. This is around, I think, 1990, when Russia pulled out of Afghanistan. But they'd had a disastrous experience there, as indeed others have as well, including the British and the Americans. I think they lost 10,000 troops there, but if we can rely on estimates at the moment, uh, 50 or 60,000 Russian fighters may have died in this particular engagement with Ukraine. So are the Russian mothers likely to come out again? Because I have seen reports that they are unhappy with what's happening in terms of this conscription. Yes, there's been a, a, a lot of video footage from Dagestan in particular, where mothers and sisters have been blocking the roads into villages where um, military conscriptors have arrived to take away their young men. Um, the majority of the soldiers who have been mobilized are from ethnic far-flung regions, as are the majority of the soldiers fighting in Ukraine at the moment. Yes. So Putin understands from history that, yes, as you mentioned, uh, one of the um, kind of landmarks in the dissolution of the Soviet Union was the retreat from Afghanistan, which was partly, you know, uh, expedited by protests. Yes. By uh, the mothers of uh, young soldiers who died. Uh, but those protests obviously have much more impact in Moscow and St. Petersburg. So for that reason, the mobilization drive in Moscow, in Moscow and St. Petersburg has been very small as yes. of the amount of soldiers from those regions. So 
again, he's, um, you know, he's basically, you know, taking the ethnic minorities and using them as, you know, meat to the grinder in, yes. the, in the Ukraine war. Terrible. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now, people have come onto the streets. and uh, We understand there's an estimate of uh, 2,000 people have been arrested for protesting this latest development and protesting, in fact, the war. I saw one very moving image on television of a young woman holding up a, a banner protesting and she was asked why she was doing it. She said, I know it's dangerous, but I'd rather be dead than believing in this war against Ukraine. Effectively, that's paraphrasing to some extent what she said, but then she was grabbed by a group of troops thrown in the back of a van. And God knows where that young 24-year-old or whatever she was around that age woman is today. That kind of tyranny on the streets of Moscow, this was, does it resonate at all with the guys in the Kremlin? It, uh, it, it. It, it does resonate. Uh, and of course, what, what really makes a difference is the scale of those yes. protests. Um, and also protests, as you know, kind of like laughter in a crowd. It, it, it has its own momentum that can actually build. Yes. So the fact that you have continued to have people, young people in particular, going out to the street to protest means that the groundswell still exists. And all of the, you know, protest movements are all about mitigating fear. 
And if the fear lapses, if Putin appears to be weak, then you're likely to see larger protests. And that's the, that's when the, the tipping point is going to arrive for, for Putin's regime and for, you know, for his uh, own political future. Um, but everything still depends on what's happening on the battlefield in Ukraine. So you can see how Putin was forced to escalate into taking a huge risk. I mean, he's effectively, to use a poker analogy, gone all in yeah. on, on this war now. Um, but it doesn't seem to be, you know, that the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the arrival of, you know, a lot more untrained, unprovided, badly equipped troops are going to make the decisive battlefield uh, difference that he's looking for. So you can expect there to be more humiliating defeats and more escalation from Putin. Um, and in, you know, escalating, he obviously puts himself into more of a corner in at home, provoking the possibility of larger uh, protests. So it's, you know, we're very much in the end game at the moment. And uh, the question is, how much escalation is there ahead? Yes, and one thing that um, Tom Clonan, Senator Tom Clonan, who is our military expert, if you like, on this conflict, he said that if, even if you get your 300,000 reservists signed up, you have to train them. That won't be possible to do in a week or two. It will take two, three months to train them and to deploy them, at, by which stage we're in winter. So I'd like to ask you about that. The other thing, Johnny, that strikes me listening to you and watching what we see on television, this could be sort of, you know, if you were making a drama, the drama would have two principal characters, Zelensky and Putin. Zelensky has been dynamic, confident, and sure of himself, Putin looks, even in settings that he can control, unsure, a long way from the people he's talking to across vast spaces in rooms. And as you mentioned, when he went to meet the Chinese president and to meet Modi, he looked, he was on the naughty step almost, which is not a good place for a leader of a country like Russia to be. No, you're very right. Um, all of the, um, you know, the, the, the visuals of that meeting in particular were reported all around the world. You even saw him uh, having a meeting with um, the Turkish leader Erdogan. Yes, who and also gave him bad news, said this isn't the time for a war, baby. Well, he also said he also kept him waiting for two minutes yet again. So, really? yeah, so these <laughs> is that a big you know, deal? <laughs> yeah, so the narrative has gotten hold that, uh, you know, within the media that Putin is weak and weakening. So, that is that's more of a media game, really. That th th these are now going to be the images that the yes, um, that, that that the media choose to show, uh, to the world. 
And uh, that can obviously help in, you know, convincing governments and people around the world to double up on their support of, of Ukraine, given that there's, you know, obviously um, more of a potential for uh, victory here. Uh, and in turn, what Putin does is tries to turn up his own kind of imagery and um, propaganda to try and show or demonstrate otherwise. But Putin's game here is not so much to achieve a victory in the short term with a lot more uh, provision of troops, but to uh, try and maintain this as a war of attrition that will go through the, the yes. winter. Because his plan uh, and his, his hope is that uh, the, the, the economies in the West will continue to suffer from high energy prices, from high inflation, uh, from uncertainty at a time when there does not seem to be much of a, uh, path to victory for the Ukraine. And in that scenario, he then hopes to, to maybe peel off some of the, particularly the, the, the French and the German support for the uh, Ukrainian war effort and try and force a peace deal that will be, uh, you know, very uncomfortable for Zelensky. But it doesn't seem to be um, going that his way at the moment. And, you know, you mentioned about this kind of drama where there's two characters. Yes. I think actually the, the real tension is between Biden and Putin because they're the guys who have choices. Yes. You know, uh, what, uh, Zelensky doesn't have a choice. He's just trying to save and to survive. He's, he's trying to help his country survive. But Biden has a choice as to how far the, uh, Western alliance should escalate accordingly as, as Putin brings everybody up the escalation ladder, if you like. So the next questions Biden will have to contend with is do they provide uh, attack uh, uh, air, aircraft. Yeah, they, the the news in this morning's Irish Times, and this is Monday morning when we're talking, Johnny, is that the Americans have given Ukraine the long-range missiles that they requested. The U.S. had been resisting giving them, but they have given them now these weapons that can go as far as uh, they need to go. Uh, they were under a disadvantage not having those weapons. And the other thing that uh, Jake Sullivan, who is the U.S. National Security ad uh, Advisor, but a very powerful force in Washington, he gave an interview to NBC yesterday on Meet the Press, and he made it very clear, if Russia crosses this line, this is the nuclear line, there will be catastrophic consequences. He also revealed that they had spoken and were speaking directly to Moscow about the consequences if Putin makes the false step, if you like, of using a tactical nuclear weapon, for example. So it looks like the Americans have given the surface-to-air missiles uh, long-range that Kiev was looking for, and also they have privately told Putin that there would be catastrophic consequences is the quote that's important that's an important development 
Yes, uh, they've given um, um, surface-to-air missiles, not the attackens, which are the surface-to-air missiles that go onto those HIMARS trucks, right. but a- another anti, uh, or, or anti-aircraft missiles. So it's a small little incremental escalation, right. not, a, not, a, not a large one. But those little incremental escalations on the uh, kind of Western side are happening uh, across many different areas, including, for example, the Spanish uh, appear to be the first to provide uh, the Ukrainian army with armored personnel vehicles that are uh, attack vehicles. It's not a tank. It's kind of like mixed between an pers- armored personnel vehicle and a tank, but it's a tank buster uh, vehicle. So, um, yeah, the escalation is happening in a controlled manner on the west on the west's side, and no doubt that they have a plan in in place to. To, to escalate and at least maintain parity with uh, Russia as uh, their new conscripts uh, arrive at the the battlefront, which probably won't start to happen for another few weeks. Although there have been reports that some conscripts have already arrived untrained uh, to the battlefront, which you know wouldn't surprise me given how uh, badly. The Russians have been managing their their troops. Let me ask you another, I think, big question, Johnny, about Zelensky and Ukrainian people's ambitions for this conflict now. It seems that they're prepared to go after the eastern Ukraine, Donetsk, and places that had been controlled by the Russians. There's been fighting there since 2014, of course, Bad, we tend to forget, and about 16,000 people had died, and the Russians were in control of parts of that. It, will there come a time when Zelensky might have to be persuaded by the West and might resist as to how far Ukraine goes in terms of recovering territory lost before this conflict even started? I think you've made a very good point there. It's a good question because uh, the stated goal of the Ukrainian government and the country is to recover all of its territories, including the part of the Donbass, which was under Russian occupation, and Crimea. Yes. Now, I believe that the West is, uh, while the West maybe gives lip service to that, uh, aim. I think that uh, the West would be wise to um, to to diminish some of those ambitions because it would be a totally different order of um, atrocities, really, if the Russians, or sorry, if the Ukrainians, having already pushed the Russians back to pre-Feb twenty-third borders, thereafter tr- proceeded to try and retake Crimea, for example, where yes. the majority of people who live in Crimea want to be part of Russia. Right. So that's a, a different order of uh, um, ambition that has actually become a bit louder here in Ukraine, yes. given the recent successes they've had in the battlefield. And that's the point at which Zelensky may come under a lot of internal pressure uh, to to push ahead and try and retake Crimea. But that's all under the assumption that they have a a, a fantastic victory over Russia. So we don't know how that's going to, you know, evolve yet. 
Now, when you have conversations with your friends in Kiev, Johnny, does this question ever arise? You have a situation in which Vladimir Putin, the West says, cannot be allowed to win this conflict. And that's a given. On the other side, Zelensky also feels that he has minimum requirements. And as you just outlined there, one of them would be to take back territory they lost in 2014. If Putin, I agree that he cannot be allowed to win and to gain any kind of victory. But that takes us, does it not, into dangerous territory? Or I should be asking the question rather than making the statement. When you're discussing with your friends in, in Kiev, do they see that as a real danger, as the, him as the trapped rat? Yeah, of course people see it as a danger, but there's no appetite for a compromise. There's no appetite for uh, seeking a peaceful solution. And, and I can totally understand that. Like when I think back to the first days of February when I was here in Kiev, yes. we were the city was up almost surrounded by, what, 20 or 30,000 Russian troops yes. that were lobbying in artillery and rockets into the city. Yes. I mean, now when I think back on it, you know, how, how fantastic, crazy that was but when you're in the middle of it you know you're just thinking about survival and getting information about what's happening yeah um so having kind of experienced that level of danger and that almost that level of existential danger yes. you know they're almost immune to future dangers yes. in a sense so they're not likely to uh to, to, to they don't fear Putin in the same way that the West does. Right. And that's partly because there is a kind of a shared, shared cultural knowledge and understanding. I think that's a bit better here than it is in the West of Putin's uh, propaganda, the illusions that he puts out about his own power, the fact that it's all a sham and a lie. So people don't fear him. Uh, like the Russia, the, the Western media tends to portray Putin, or not so much now, but as this kind of, you know, great cardinal who is just, you know, Machiavellian, always, you know, yes. extremely successful in what he did. Um, but over here, they kind of see him more as just a, a gangster who, who, who got lucky, you know, who managed to manipulate his way into power. And, you know, and, and there is a difference when you listen to him speak in Russian. Um, he's not a, he's like compared to other world leaders. He's not intellectual. You know, right. he's not, he's not in the same level in terms of intellect as other uh, world leaders. And you recognize that when you listen to him speak Russian. So, right. Um, th there is a bit of a difference there in, in the perception, obviously. Just a final question, Johnny, about Putin. He is a gangster. He has stolen hundreds of millions, we understand. Russian presidents since the Soviet Union times, they rarely retire peacefully. How dangerous does that make him? Yeah, it makes him very dangerous. If, because, if he's gonna, if he loses yeah. this, he's screwed, isn't he? He is, yeah. I think, um, look, he is dangerous, but the, 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 the kind of dangerous moment, the moment where he may consider you know, pressing the red button is going to come probably when his system has already collapsed, kind of when it's too late. Right. Because, look, he's a poker player 
and he knows that uh, as soon as he press that red button, he's gone anyway. You know, so <laughs> so 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 the hope is that if the time comes where he feels he has to make that red take that red button, it's already too late for him. And the the system of um, you know the, the system by which seven layers of you know military uh, people have to actually take that instruction and launch yes. a nuclear weapon, that that system will not work. Some military analysts have claimed that it won't even work today because of uh, how inefficient that kind of hierarchical system is within Russia. But of course, look, there's a danger. You know, we don't know for sure. No, no. But, but one, one thing that we, that we have discovered is that the, the Russian army the hierarchical system within the army is not what we expected it to be. Okay, Johnny, as always, it's fascinating to talk to you and we're really grateful to you. And I must say, most of our listeners will admire you for going into the battlefield, not just sitting in Kiev, but making a film of all of this. We're very grateful to Johnny O'Reilly, filmmaker and journalist in Kiev. Thanks to Johnny and thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.